Chapter Three, Part One of the Life Story of a Russian Exile by Marie Sukloff, translated by Gregory Yaros. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Three, Part One. On the night of February eighth, nineteen o two, all the four of us were awakened by thunderous knocks on the door then we heard the words in the name of the law open but before the old man had time to unlatch it there was a crash and the door flew wide open the room filled with gendarmes and police without saying a word to us they looked about the house there were two rooms and a kitchen and began a long and careful search everything in the house was turned upside down they cut pillows and mattresses they tore the lining of old hats they even examined the backs of pictures on the wall but nothing suspicious was to be found there were not even any books in the house the disappointed gendarmes were on the point of departing when one of them picked up my dress which lay on a chair he fumbled in its pocket and drew forth a few pieces of type these were capital letters which i had borrowed from a typesetter an acquaintance of mine intending to add to my supply but had forgotten to put them in my suitcase the faces of the gendarmes instantly changed each of them closely examined the unfortunate letters they handled them with as much care as though they were not mere metal type but dynamite bombs the gendarme officer sat down and began to write a protocol he only asked me does this dress belong to you yes you are arrested dress yourself much to my terror he turned to the old man with the same words the old woman and the little girl began to cry in great agitation i tried to explain to the officer that the old man knew nothing about the type found in my pocket but he rudely interrupted me no use of talking this question will be settled later it is not our business to decide who is right and who is wrong at the officer's command the gendarmes closed around us in a circle and we were led out of the house the old woman wept the little granddaughter who ran crying after her grandfather was roughly pushed aside i had only time to call out to my hostess forgive me when the door slammed behind us the night was dark and cold surrounded on all sides by police and gendarmes we walked in the middle of the road with our heads lowered the old man was silent and his silence was terrible to me i could not see clearly what was my guilt before him but the feeling grew in my heart oh god this is how i have repaid these good old people for their kindness i thought as i walked along i absolutely forgot that i was being marched to prison the sight of that grey head bowed before the gendarmes had made me oblivious of my own plight at last we arrived and the heavy gates of the prison swung open before us we were led to the office there we were searched the governor at the prison wrote down our names and ordered one of the guards to put us in cells i dared not look at the old man but he extended me his hand and said be brave don't be afraid a lump rose in my throat and i could not utter a word afterward i could not forgive myself that i had not asked this good old man's pardon occupied with these thoughts i did not even notice where i was being led i only remember climbing a narrow staircase the guard stopped in a long dimly lit corridor and opened one of the doors i entered and he immediately closed the door after me and turned the key in the lock i remained standing near the door listening to his retreating steps through a little hole in the door i could see the hanging lamp in the corridor this lamp also lighted my cell i looked about me 
the cell was about nine feet by six it contained a small table a stool and a wooden cot a narrow window with double iron bars was high in the wall i stood in this dark cage having no desire to move the only thought in my mind was that the door was locked and that i could not go out of that place suddenly footsteps were heard my heart began to beat with hope maybe they are going to release me but the guard came put out the lamp in the corridor peeped into the door-hole and calmly walked away the feeble light of the approaching day penetrated the double bars and i could see the bare stone walls of my cell which were painted black halfway from the floor the light seemed to have roused my energies my first thought was to look out of the window i approached it but it was high above my head i dragged the stool over and climbed upon it opposite me at a distance of about twenty paces i saw a row of narrow iron-barred windows the grey stone wall which surrounded the prison did not seem high from my point of observation i will escape from here i decided immediately i can't remain in this hole but days weeks months passed and i still sat within those walls section two in the morning a guard entered my cell and brought me black bread and hot water tell me i asked him how long do you think i shall be kept here the guard looked at me in surprise and how are we to know he answered and went out a few days later i was called to the examination it was necessary to cross the prison yard to get to the office comrade i heard several voices issuing from somewhere i raised my head and saw hands with white handkerchiefs which fluttered in the wind thrust out between the window bars they greeted me good morning i shouted cheerfully but the heavy arm of the guard was on my shoulder you must not speak to them otherwise i will put you in the kartzer a dark windowless cell in which prisoners are kept on bread and water End note. but it was too late i already knew that i was not alone there the gendarme colonel met me very cordially his broad face was smiling and his little grey eyes looked at me insinuatingly be seated he pointed to a chair near his table what is your christian name surname what is your age i told him well how do you like to be in prison he asked me in a free manner oh it's terrible i said well you see you are too young yet to be in prison and i shall be glad to release you it all depends on you though how i asked surprised you have only to tell here the colonel took from the table drawer the unfortunate pieces of type which were found in my pocket who gave you this then i will immediately release you i cannot tell i said it would be very imprudent on your part not to tell you will fare badly and regret it but if i should name the person who gave me these letters you will arrest him how can i do such a thing oh he is already in prison anyway and we know who he is then why do you ask me to name him that is only a little formality which the law requires for your release sign this paper and i will let you free he shoved the paper over to me i looked at the paper upon which my release depended and doubt rose in my mind is it really so does he not fool me and suddenly i remembered a little book i had read in odessa entitled comrades decline to give evidence in this booklet published by the socialist revolutionist party 
it was explained that the gendarmes took advantage of the inexperience of young political prisoners and obtained from them incriminating evidence by false promises of release etc i decline to give evidence i said the colonel took from the table drawer a little book and handed it to me have you read this book he asked it turned out to be the very same booklet yes where did you get it i was silent don't be afraid the colonel went on i ask this as a private person not as a gendarme colonel i am simply curious to know who could have given you this booklet the colonel's tone was so simple and so sincere and in general he was not as i had pictured to myself a gendarme colonel ought to be i hesitated the colonel evidently guessing my thoughts put his plump hand on mine and said we are not such bad people then why do you keep this old man b i asked if you are a nice man you must release him because you know that he is not guilty of anything that does not depend upon me the colonel answered then i don't believe you i cried you merely want to get a confession from me so that you might arrest several more innocent people the worse for you the colonel said changing his tone sharply he got up opened the door and summoned the guard the examination is over take the prisoner to the secret division i was led out by another passage and soon found myself in a low circular cell a heavy smell of dampness filled the air as in a grave the tiny window was on a level with the ground only the lower part of the prison wall could be seen from it not a bit of sky or anything which might cheer the prisoner's eye but i did not think of comforts then a feeling of gladness that i had not fallen into the gendarme's trap filled me the thought that they had not discovered the house where i kept the type was a great relief to me and the knowledge that i was not alone in prison that all around me were comrades who were also fighting for liberty and justice raised my spirit still more if they only should let the old man out i thought i paced my half-dark cell not knowing how to give vent to my feelings it is impossible they should keep me long here i thought to myself i was then not quite seventeen life was just beginning to unfold before me it was still shrouded in mystery everything in the world seemed so beautiful and attractive suddenly the stone walls of the prison had shut out everything from my view for many days i could not believe that i was there to stay from morning till night i dreamed how my door would open and the guard would say you are free three times a day he came to my cell bringing me food and every time i heard his footsteps near the door my heart filled with hope that he would utter those magic words you are free but days weeks months passed and the guard instead of freedom brought me bread and kasha my dreams faded and the thought that they had forgotten me in this grave occurred to me more and more frequently why am i not called to the examination i asked the governor who sometimes came to the evening roll-call that is not our affair was his invariable reply write a petition the darkness and dampness of my cell began to have their effect upon me i began to suffer with insomnia the twenty minutes daily walk in the prison-yard became a torture to me the sun shone so brightly without the prison walls and here i was shut up deprived of its rays deprived of my freedom without which i felt i could not live end of chapter three part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine